turn my microphone on. What do you think? Would you stand with us this morning? I want to sing about amazing grace. How sweet yes. the sound Thank you, Jesus. that saved a wretch, a wretch like me.
shall soon dissolve the snow. The sun forbear to shine, but God, who's called me here below, will be You can be seated this morning if you want really fast. Actually, you know what? Just stay standing. I'm sorry. I was thinking the offering, and it was just calisthenics time there. So I apologize for that. It's early. We wanted everybody to get the blood rushing and moving. We're so glad that you're here this morning. God bless you. Nine o'clock, you're here to worship the Lord and experience from Him His goodness and His power and mercy. Is anybody thankful this morning for God's amazing Amen. grace? Where would we be without that? Wanted to make a couple of quick announcements tonight, the first time ever here at Stratford Heights, at least in, the, in recent history, we're going to be watching the Super Bowl, and uh, before we do that, we're obviously going to be having a service at 5.30, and so we're going to come in here and worship the Lord, and we're going to fellowship, make our way down into the youth center and fellowship and watch the game, and we've made some preparations and all those things and tried our best to, to make sure that that's an incredible experience. It's free pizza and soda all night long, and uh, we're thankful for that, <laughs> and we're asking the church, we're asking the church to bring, if they would, to bring appetizers and desserts, and we'll have some tables set up to receive that and enjoy that, so it's going to be, it's going to be an incredible night, also, we want to, uh, as soon as the 11 a.m. service is over today, we're having a meet and greet and so this is the part of the service where we make sure we know that our visitors are loved and cared for. If you're visiting here today, we just believe that you're home. 
We believe that you found a church that you can get involved in, that you can grow in, that your family can be a part of, that, that your walk with Christ can be strengthened, and the fellowship in this body can, can encourage that. And so we're so glad that you're here today. And if you are here today, you happen to be staying uh, past the 11 o'clock service today, we have a meet and greet that will be right in this conference room right through this hallway, the youth hallway, and to the left there. And so we want to meet all of those that we can, those that are visiting and families. We want to make sure that we shake hands with you and make a connection with you. With that being said, we want you, if you would, just to step out from where you are and welcome one another into God's house today.
How many times has this happened to you? Me. You know, we our babies sleep really, really good. Or this. Make sure Timmy wears the blue shirt. If he does. Or even this. And for my birthday, which is next month, I'd really like some of this. Do you have trouble listening or retaining information from your wife? You could be suffering from spousal selective listening or SSL. With SSL, valuable input is intercepted or scrambled before it reaches the critical learning center of the man brain. Virtually anything can trigger it, like sports, food, even shiny objects with buttons. Fortunately, there is help with Heratol. Containing a rare root with an exotic name, Heratol helps men focus and listen to valuable female input, even pick up on those subtle hints. These are exactly the earrings I wanted. How did you know? Thanks, Heratol. Now I can hear it all. Heratol has not been tested or approved by any regulatory agency. Side effects with Heratol include minor to severe headaches and spontaneous combustion. Use caution when using Heratol near mothers-in-law, as you may hear hurtful comments that would have previously been ignored. Heratol is an enhancement drug. Do not use around children or clusters of talkative or blue-haired women. If focused listening lasts longer than four hours, consult your doctor immediately before your wife assumes this is a new standard in your relationship. Men with wives who are nursing or pregnant should not take this product. Heratol, the preferred selection or solution for selective hearing. Man, I've been diagnosed, and uh, so there's hope for me, I realize, with hair at all. So whoever's selling that, let me know. I'd sure like some of that. I need that for sure. Whitney will love that for sure. Well, we are so excited this Friday night is uh, just a, a launch of a great ministry in our church that's been prayed over, and lots of, of uh, work has gone into it. So we are ministering, Marvin. And Betty Ray are ministering, launching a ministry to our young marrieds. And that starts this Friday night, February 10th. It's already started. They've already been having some meetings and get-togethers. And so we wanted to invite and make sure all of our young marrieds, I think under the 10 years, is that right? Under 10 years or so, uh, are invited to come. And there will be a, a comedy night there and some food and fun. And it's just going to be an amazing night this Friday night uh, from 6.30 to 8.30. Also, very important child care will be provided that night. So it's just going to be an incredible night. And I love to grow in my marriage, and I want to grow in my marriage. And so that's a desire of mine. So we're excited about that. And uh, their ministry is, is going to be fruitful, and we're excited about them doing that. I want to tell you a name, if I can, this morning. I want to tell you a name, John Miller. I want you to remember that name, John, John Miller. He was my Sunday school teacher when I was eight years old. And he took up a, a group of boys to be uh, our teacher and to deal with us as we picked our nose and did all kinds of crazy things in there, I'm not sure. But at eight years old, I remember in Sunday school, he was our teacher and there was a group of us. And I can name off all of the, the men, that, the young men that were in that class, all of the boys. And John Miller, one day on a Sunday morning after he had taught his lesson about salvation, and how Jesus Christ is the way and the truth and the life. At, at eight years old, I remember bowing my head and with tears in my eyes, asking Jesus to come into my heart. 
And I remember, I know at eight years old I prayed that prayer, and as a teenager I strayed from that as far away from that as I could possibly go. And this isn't a doctrinal dissertation on eternal security in any way, shape, or form. Uh, but I'll tell you, I, I, I strayed from that prayer, but I never got away from it. I always remembered that seed that had been planted in my heart and life and never forgot that and could not get away even though I tried. The love of Jesus ran me down and and finally he revealed himself to me. And I'm 36 now. That was 28 years ago and I still remember that day. I still remember the tears that, that rolled down my face in the Sunday school room and I still remember his name. The vessel that God used to touch my life and minister to my life. Today, as you may have noticed, our church has begun to grow. And we have desired to reach more and more families. We've desired to touch the lives of of more and more young people and, and, and families. And we've opened up a whole corridor of ministry to our kids. And to the families in the, the nursery and pre-K and the, and the kids that are in the nursery and pre-K. And we're just asking, we're inviting John Millers all across this room to get involved in the lives of young people. And we're not asking them to get involved in the lives of young people to where they get used and dried up and they disappear from the sanctuary. Those days have come and gone. We're not doing that. We're asking you to give what you can. And we have two services at the 9 o'clock. I know that they would love to see some, some called anointed ministers to, to be a part of the nursery and the preschool so that we can hold babies and, and young people and their parents can come into this sanctuary and receive salvation. Their parents can come into this sanctuary and receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They can be ministered to and touched. And the whole time you're holding their baby, you can say, Lord, I'm doing this for you. I want to minister to families. In the kids area right now, there's about 20 kids that are in there at the 11 o'clock service there. That that swells to about 45 or so, and we want it to continue to grow. And we're asking, we're calling, we're inviting people that feel called to be a part of that, to come and to, to volunteer, to give of their time. And like I said, you can give once a month or twice a month. We're not asking you to totally give up your relationship with God and, and go and back and, and do those things. We're not asking for that. We're just asking for that to be an extension of your relationship with God. I heard somebody say this, that saved people serve people. And so I've been thinking about that, how I want to deny myself and I want to make sure that the needs of other people are as important to me as mine. And I believe Jesus said, he said, love the Lord your God with all of your heart and your mind and your soul. And he said, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's not about how much you love yourself. That's the key some people use. It's really about putting other people's interests as as important as your own. Because God loves that family that's hurting just as much as he loves yours. God loves that young person that, that, that's in there just as much as he loves, loves your young people. So we're just asking, we're just inviting incredible godly people to pray, called people to pray about joining us and, and helping us with that to minister to young people's lives and change their lives forever. We have a table that's out here. It's got the, blue, the orange balloons up. It's really easy to grab and look at. And we just want to talk to you after service today. There's different areas we can get you plugged in. And you say, you know what, I'm not real sure. I just want to try. Come and at least talk to us. And let's see if we can't work something out to get you involved in the life of a young person. Thank you for your time. God bless you. Man, well, good morning. good morning. So good to see you. I thank you. Cameron did a wonderful job. Don't you love him? 
You do a great job. Because what he's expressing, and I like the way he put it, he's, if you look at what he's saying, he's, he's expressing the opportunity and not the need. How many of you know God will always take care of his people? Amen. But it's an opportunity for you and I to be a part. We, when we step up to the plate and we allow God to use us as vessels, the Bible says, meet for the master's use and prepared for every good work. That's what we want. And I want to encourage you, you know, right now there's a whole staff down there in the nursery and toddler area. There's a whole staff in children's church. There's people all over the place, greeters, and there's all kinds of different people. The cafe is up and running. There's plenty of places for you to serve, even in this early morning service. And I want to encourage you. You know, we've had a little bit of a backslide on some of those folks who came to 9 o'clock when we first launched it. If you notice, some of them, they're kind of sliding back to the 11 o'clock, you know. Encourage your friends, encourage other members of our church um, to try out the 9 o'clock service so that we can make up room in that 11 o'clock service. That service will be packed from wall to wall. But we want to create a space so that there can, we can grow in both services. Can I get an amen? amen? And you guys are the ones that are helping make that happen. Please encourage people at 11 o'clock to move to 9 o'clock. Uh, if we do it, they're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you do it and you tell them, yes, this service is so great. Pastor Ray looks so much better in the 9 o'clock service than he does in the 11 o'clock. We'll say anything. Stand with me this morning. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Sing to him. Sing psalms to him. Talk of all his wondrous works. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those rejoice who seek the Lord. Seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his face evermore. Remember his marvelous works which he has done. His wonders and the judgments of his mouth. How many of you know he's an awesome, mighty God? Amen. He's a wonderful God. I want you right before we do any more work, we're going we're gonna to work right now in the spiritual realm. But I want you to just lift your hands and let's honor the presence of God in this house. Let's just love him. For just a few moments. Lord, we honor you. We praise you. We magnify you, Lord, and thank you for your hand upon your people. We thank you for the many that were baptized last Sunday. Lord, the nine in, in the morning service that were baptized in the Holy Ghost. We thank you for the 16 that were saved. We honor you. We bless your name, Lord, for those good folks, for those honorable things, the mighty works that you're doing in our midst. We thank you, Lord, for your hand on your people. Touch today, minister in the service. Touch Sister Carolyn, lay your hand on her as she brings the word of God. And let the power of God be working, God, all the way back to our children's areas, the ministry that's going on around this building in the name of Jesus. And touch us tonight, Lord, as we celebrate, we come together for worship, come together for the word, and then, Lord, we fellowship together. We honor you and we bless your name. Be with us as we love you today, Lord, and honor you. In Jesus' holy name, amen. We're going to take a moment in this part of our service as we do traditionally is take a few moments to honor and pray for the good of Israel. We stand with Israel. We honor God's word that says pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We honor the Lord's word that says blessed are those who seek the good of Israel. So as we do that today, I want us to pray and ask God to protect her and keep her on all of her borders. 
to touch her and minister to the, to the way that she is part of what's happening right now in the church age work all around the world of God. And as we pray, we also remember our own country that is in chaos and turmoil on so many streets. So much going on. As I watched the news yesterday, I hope you're as I am. Linda, my heart is broken for what I see. I see so much violence and so much anger, so much chaos. How many of you know he is our peace? Amen. He is our comfort and he is our strength. We come to the Lord. We ask his blessings. I'm not here to politicize what's going on. That's not what it's about for me. It's about seeking the presence and power of God to touch hearts and to bring comfort and strength to his people. Let's pray together for these two and very important needs. Father, as we come to you, we thank you today for the opportunity to pray for Israel. As your word directs us, Lord, we'll not be standing in opposition to her, but we will stand with you, with your word, and Lord, doing what we can to seek the good of Israel. We pray over her and pray protection over her sons and daughters, over her families. I pray over her borders, Lord, where she is surrounded by mega enemies on every side. I pray for her. I thank you, Lord. She's safe. I don't believe she's safe because of any man's wisdom. I believe she's safe because of the hand of God. I know that you have your work ahead of her and you've got your, your plan and destiny, and I thank you for it, and Lord, we're in on it. We pray for the blessings and the good of Israel. Pray that you would keep her in all of her ways. Use her and touch her. Lay your hand of wisdom on her leaders and let them lead and move as they are led by you. And Lord, we pray for the United States of America. We pray for peace on our streets. We pray, God, for your work to be accomplished in the hearts of those who are so angry, those who are violent, those who are feeling like they've got uh, uh, their needs aren't being heard. I pray that you would touch every life and minister to every need. Touch our country. Lord, we've got more to do than what we're, what we're doing currently. I pray in the name of Jesus that you bring a comfort and strength to the United States. Touch our leaders, touch our government, touch our states. Lord, minister to our people. Let your hand rest upon each one. We ask all of this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Before you're seated, we want to go before the Lord once again. But this time we want to go for you. How many of you would say, Pastor, I have a need in my family, in my life, and I want God, I need God to move. How many of you know the word is filled with talk about his wondrous works to those who honor him and love him in faith? God wants to touch your life and minister to you. It is with a very sad heart that I share with our congregation this morning that Sister Pauline Dunkel has has went on to be with the Lord. We love Sister Pauline. She's been on, she's been on staff here. She was here working in the church for many years. She's been a, she was a friend long after that, folding bulletins and being here, just serving in any way that she could. She loved this church. She loved you. And she is with the Lord today. And I know that she is happier than she's been in a long time. No sickness, no pain. How many of you know that's the reward of the faithful? We know that God has his hand on her, and we're, we're excited to celebrate for her. But how many of you know there's a little bit of a hole right here? So let's pray for our church family. Let's pray for Misty, her daughter, and her sister, Becky. Let's lift them up and ask God to touch them and all of us. Judy sent me a text yesterday, and she was very close and special friends with Pauline. And she said, I'm just so sad. 
So let's pray for one another, okay? Let's do that, and let's pray for your needs as well. Father, we come to you. We're asking now, Lord, you specifically touch every heart, every life. You said, cast all of our cares on you because you care about us. Lord, we know you're touched with the feelings of our infirmities. You know, Lord, we know that you will move mountains on behalf of your people. We're asking you to touch every need that's represented, every hand that was lifted up, every miracle that is needed in this house. Lord, we come to a God who is able to speak it and it be done in an instant. We honor you. We praise you. We thank you for the promises of your word that declare that you shall supply all of our needs according to your riches and glory. Touch every heart and every life and meet every need today. And God, we especially pray for Sister Pauline. It's a family of Sister Pauline. Lord, we know she's safe with you. She's doing fantastic and celebrating this morning. Lay your hand on Misty. Lay your hand on Becky. Touch our church, Lord, and minister to the hearts that are broken. And Lord, we thank you for there's one more excellent and good reason to lift our eyes up to the hills of heaven to know that you are our God and one day we'll all be reunited again. Touch and minister to your people today as we ask all of these things in the mighty, mighty name of Jesus Christ and everyone together said amen. 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 Turn to someone and tell them you're looking mighty fine. God's got his hand on you today. You can be seated. Somebody come up to me last Sunday and they said, I love it when you tell people to look at me and tell me I look good. I said, I don't get that very much, so the only place I get it is church, so keep it up, Pastor. So, <laughs> you look great today. You look awesome. I'm delighted to have with us in service today my little sister and my brother-in-law, Rick. I want both Carolyn and Rick to stand if they would. Would you guys... Honor me and stand. Honor us. Yeah. If you don't know Carolyn, she is a preacher. And she brings the house down. We've had her many times through the years. She's going to be bringing the word of God in a few moments at the 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock service. I want you to be ready. Hold on to your hat. Because she comes bringing the word that the Lord's laid in her heart. And I'm excited about that. She's my little sister. And she made it very clear to some of the Esperanza members at the cafe that she was a much littler sister, as in I'm older. And she, she seemed to really focus on much older, brother. She is third in line. We've got me, born first, Debbie, Carolyn, Angie, Missy, and little Lori down in Atlanta, Georgia. That's all of us, six of us. God's called all of us to ministry. And Carolyn has got a special calling and anointing on her life. And I'm excited that she's coming to preach for you today. She's here kind of in lieu of a, she's on a, they're on a mission together. Her and, her and Rick and the family will be heading to Guatemala. I believe it's next week, Wednesday. They're going to be heading. The Lord has made it possible for them to be able to go on a mission trip to Guatemala. So she's kind of here on a, on a little uh, evangelistic tour. And she's... Uh, She's wanting to spread the word for prayer. She mainly wants you to pray for her. And, of course, we're going to be taking the offering now as our ushers come. Our missions offering always goes to missionaries around the world. Well, today, our offering is going to go to the missionaries that are with us. And so we pray that God will bless them and he'll use us. I'm asking you to help us today as we support and help them to go to Guatemala for the mission that they'll have there for the, for the Lord. Let's pray together. 
Lord, I thank you for those who are here today and are prepared and ready to honor you and obey your word by paying their tithes. Those that are giving to our building program, Lord, would you continue to bless them as they bless, as they are blessed, Lord, they bless the church. And Lord, I thank you for those who are always ready and willing to support world missions as we give in these two services every Sunday. I pray over the loose offering that it'll go to meet needs for people to be saved, changed, transformed in Guatemala. We're lifting them up right now and asking that you'd use us as we send the missionaries. Lay your hand on us today and pray your anointing on Carolyn and Rick and Samuel as they get ready to go and be used by you as hands extended for the gospel and for the kingdom of God. We honor you today for every gift and we thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. This Sunday is Artistry Sunday, so stop by the cafe. We've got a great, we're featuring artists in the, in the church. And this morning we'll have Glass Leopard back there. Don't ask me about the name. Just go hear them. I mean, my first band's name was the Paisley Doorknobs, so, I mean, let's don't worry about the name, okay? Let's praise him. Would you stand with us? them high. You choose the weak, make them strong. You heal our brokenness inside and give us life. Same love that set the captives free. Same love that opened eyes to see is calling.
Right now in heaven, that is exactly what is being said over and over and over and over. The angels are crying, holy, 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 holy. And I just got to thinking about it. In, in just a little while, I'm going to join those angels, and I'm going to see my God face to face, Gary. And no longer will it just be a song of faith, but we'll look him in the eyes and we'll say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. Does anybody have the desire to see our God, I tell you, never before have I longed for my Savior. Ah, oh, never before have I longed for my God. Lift up your hands. Even if you don't lift up your hands, lift up your hands and say, You're holy, Lord. You're holy, Lord. Sing it, sing it loud. Sing he's holy, sing he's holy. The Holy Spirit is doing something in this house. When we recognize who he is, he's a holy God. <laughs> You're holy.
place today. And he's a holy God. He's an able God. He's a capable God. He is a wondrous God. He, these are the moments that he loves the most. When we just acknowledge him. When he's walked into the room. And everything changes when he walks in. Everything changes when he walks in. Hallelujah. you. We can't go another second without your presence. God, we need you. We acknowledge you this morning. We give praise to you this morning. We honor you. We worship you. We say to you that you're holy. speaking to us this morning. Praise him and giving thanks. Thank him for what he said to us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. He still speaks to his church. Thank you, Lord, for comfort and peace. Thank you, God. Oh, thank you, Lord, for speaking to us this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, for being in control. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 
how do you even? How do we even take for granted the voice of God who comes in our midst? First his presence and then his words. How amazing is our God? How amazing that someone came into this place this morning saying, I need comfort. I need to know my God is in control. I need peace this morning. And let me tell you something. If you came in with those questions, with those needs, the Holy Spirit just said, I got it. I've got you and I've got this world. He's got us. And that's what we've got to understand today. We have to understand that our God, he's not fell off his throne. He's, he's, not, he's not disappeared or crawled up in a corner. Our God has not fallen asleep. Our God is well aware of where we are. He knows exactly where we're at and what we're going through. He has not missed one thing. Because he is a God that is involved in every single aspect of your life. And our God, listen to me, is able. Do you believe that God is able this morning? Do you believe that God is able? Why don't you take a dash there and say, my God is able to whatever it is that is impossible to you. Won't you say it this morning? Come on, put it out there. My God is able to, he's able to heal. My God is able to restore. My God is able to break chains. My God is powerful enough to save my son or my daughter or my mother or my father. My God is able. Hallelujah. I know you're standing and, and, and I want to read a scripture. 2 Timothy 1 and 12. So fitting. The Lord just always just, he sets up where you're going. And what words he has for us this morning. And I believe he has a word for you because this word has been in my spirit. And it has been literally more than I can bear. I can't even stand it. Because he's put a word in my in, in my spirit, and I can't get away from it. And I believe it is a word today for Stratford Heights. Amen. Second Timothy 1 and 12, and it says, For this cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I believe, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against this day. Say, he's able. Lord, I pray this morning that you would cast down every carnal thought that I would have, squash any agenda that might come up into my heart. I pray, Lord, that I am removed and your spirit is given the, the permission to say whatever it is you desire to say, Lord. I hide behind your cross and I understand the importance of standing in front of this pulpit, especially in the day that we live in, that there would be nothing but what you desire to speak to your people today. 
In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Our pastor's wife, about three weeks ago, spoke a word in the middle of our service. She got up out of her seat, and she looked at the pastor, and she said, I've got to say something. And she began to talk about something. She said that I believe the Lord has spoke that there will be this year is the year of no limitations. She said all limitations are being broken off. And she said broken off of every house and every person and over every church, over every situation. The limitations that have been put on the work and the agenda of the Lord is going to be removed. And then she said something else. She said that this is the year that we're going to be blessed like we've never been blessed before. Now you have to understand, my pastors are not prosperity pastors. They're not people that speak uh, uh, words of blessing and prosperity. They don't, they don't give out all those, uh, in my opinion, sometimes we get carried away in ourselves and we give, we give hopes to people about things because we know in this life we have to suffer and we have to go through trial and there's going to be storms. So they're not like that. So when she got up and spoke that, usually we're looking forward to, to, to this, give us a, a, a sword slice but she came up with this no limits. And, 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 and you know, I, I got to admit, it was so powerful and it was so anointed. The thought in my mind was no limitations. Everything that's been holding up the blessings of God. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Everything that's been standing in the way of the salvation of the ones we love. Every obstacle blocking healing. It's going to be removed is what she said. <laughs> Can it really happen? You see, in my mind, my carnal thinking, my fleshly person said, oh, it sounds like a good thing. It sounds like it would be fantastic if it could happen. But can it really? Is there a breakthrough that come into my life that has no limitations? I don't know about you, but I feel like maybe the bottom has fallen out of the world. We look at the world and we look at our nation and Pastor Ray made mention of the chaos, the evil and the immoral trouble and strife and peril. Right is wrong and wrong is right. And there's always those voices trying to convince us uh, and to confuse us against the truths that we have known all of our lives uh, and, 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 and I just I got to thinking about this uh, you know the strong have become weak uh, and the weightiness of, of, of trying to give Jesus to a world that has no desire to know him they have no desire to hear his name uh, I, I, and it becomes a weighty thing we don't don't understand and it seems like the task is not obtainable to us because we're overwhelmed and we're stretched beyond belief there's a world looking for something but they don't even know what they're looking for and then we have this scripture of 2nd Timothy 1 and, and 12 Paul comes to Timothy and you see, Timothy is a young man. He's a young pastor. And, and, and he's faced with hypocrisy. And his congregation, 
is falling prey to the false doctrines and the disputings and arguments are breaking out. Is, is that sounding familiar? His mentor is sitting in prison. His leader, the person that he looks to, is sitting in a prison cell. There's great persecution and suffering for those who are preaching the liberating gospel of Jesus Christ. It seems as though Paul understands that Timothy is losing his boldness. He has been shrinking in timidity. All of a sudden, Timothy is questioning the truth that he has known throughout his life, and he's second-guessing what Christ came for. Why did he die? Is it really what it seems to be? He's confused. There's divisions, and Timothy is afraid, and Timothy is tired. And Paul begins to write to this young minister from his prison cell, and he calls him a son. Can I just put a plug in? It grieves my heart that there's a generation that doesn't look to fathers in the church. Paul called Timothy a son. We need to get sons and daughters underneath of us and teach them the truths of the Bible and give them the word. And we need to even from a prison cell. Come on, somebody. Somebody may be sitting in prison and, 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 and today we just sit in our prison and say, woe is me. Oh, Lord, how did I get here? I can't help anybody. I'm in prison. But Paul didn't see it that way. He had sons and daughters that he was raising for the kingdom of God to preach and to turn the world upside down. And he said, I can't look at my circumstance. I've got to grab hold of my sons. I've got to grab hold of my daughters. And I've got to be able to stand when it's not able to stand. I've got to be able to speak when I can't speak. And we need fathers and mothers in the church to stand up and start nurturing sons and daughters. Poor Timothy. Paul writes, he says, I know you've got tears. I know that you're in struggle. And he realizes that he's lost and things are seeming hopeless. And, and he's questioning. He knows this. He's tired. He's overwhelmed. Life and the world is out of control. And I'm not here to glorify the condition of the world. As a Christian, to be quite frank, it shouldn't bother us. I figured we could hear a pin drop on that one. I'm not here to satisfy the answers between faith and works or grace and love. Or to finally give a trophy to which side of the great American divide that, that you're on or that you think is right. Paul begins to talk to this son. He says, boy, you need to remember where you came from. You need to remember your grandma Lois and your mother Eunice. You need to remember those times when you sat on a pew as a boy and Bobby, Bobby pins begin to fall all over the place and the power of God would begin to fall and the word of God was preached without, without, uh, without any kind of restraint and conviction fell on the house. He said, boy, you need to remember where you came from. 
And sometimes we need to remember that our God is able. Let me tell you, cancer didn't scare my grandmother. I tell you what, if you would have said a word of a diagnosis, they'd go back into a room, Gary, and they'd fall on their knees and they'd start weeping and wailing, crying out to a God who is able. to the place I've got rubbed up enough in my spirit that I am ready to do whatever it takes for this world to see that my God is not a joke. He's not to be mocked. He's not a story or a fairy tale, but he is a God that can swoop down with power and do the unimaginable and he can do the impossible. Paul said, you need to know I've come today to tell you the Christ of Stephen that was stoned is the Christ that we serve today. The Savior that Paul was imprisoned for talking about, beaten and shipwrecked. He's here today. John sitting on the Isle of Patmos after being boiled in oil, writing about a Christ that has hair like wool, eyes like fire, and feet like brass. I'm here to tell you, God is able, and I am persuaded that he will keep us in this day that we live in. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He is the same. He is the same God that you heard about as a child. He's not moved. He's not swayed. He's not changed. He is the same God who rescued you from death. He's the same God that when you went to an altar and you knelt down and prayed and he rocked your world. He is the same God today. He has not changed. The, word gave, the Lord gave me the word Abel. When I began to pray for certain situations, the Lord would say, am I able? Well, of course you're able. It's never been about whether or not you're able. When Jesus walked this earth, he healed everybody. What's different? He hasn't changed. He's able. He gave me that word able, so I looked it up in the regular old dictionary. And the, the word able means sufficient power, sufficient resource. It means Freedom or opportunity to see a situation through. This is the dictionary. The word able means it is the quality or the nature that makes something possible. So I just began to look at that word. I began to look at that word again. And I said, he has sufficient power. He has sufficient resource. He has given freedom to see us through. He has the quality and the nature to make something impossible possible. You 
you should know that your God is able. You want to know the very first killing in the Bible? The very first murder, homicide, disposing of something was Cain who killed Abel. You'll get it in a minute. Genesis tells us that Abel, the firstborn son, was the keeper of the sheep. And his brother, Cain, was the tiller of the ground. Cain killed the keeper of the sheep. And all of a sudden, the sheep don't feel like they think and be kept. When you remove the word able, when you're talking about God, we no longer think that he can. And I believe we're looking at a church that has lost the ability not to believe, not to understand that he is who he says he is. But we have begun to remove the word able. Well, I believe it's time that we resurrect able. We resurrect able. We get him up out of the grave and we understand that our God is able and you put whatever you want after it. There is nothing that he cannot do. He is able to do anything. He is able to do anything. We cannot allow the enemy to kill our able. We cannot allow him to come after our ability to understand that our God is able. We cannot al allow him to make us think that our God is weak and unconcerned and asleep or not strong. Doctrine will fail. Works will overwhelm us. And you know what? Love is difficult, more difficult than it's ever been because people are so eager to be offended. Truth has been exchanged for a lie and defending the word is nearly impossible, but I am telling you, our God is able. Our God is able. Now, when you look at 2 Timothy 1 and 12, we can shout about the whole first part. We can, we can say, yes, we have suffered things, but nevertheless, we're not ashamed. And we can say that we know in whom we believed and we're persuaded and that he is able. But you need to re read the rest. He is able to what? He is able to keep that which I have committed to him. He is able to keep that which I have committed to him. You see, sometimes we get mad at God because he don't give us the answer. 
We get mad at God because we've prayed and told and we have, we've, we've, we've asked and, and we, have, we have done all that we know to do and we say, but he still isn't moving. He's still not saving. He's still not restoring. He's not delivering. And you know what? We get upset at God and we walk out the church doors and, 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 and you've seen it a million times. But I'll tell you what, until we commit that thing to the Lord he can't do a thing with it in your hands. He can't do We want to hold it. We want to nurture it. We want to hang on to it. We want to we want to we we want God to move and we want him to save and we want him to deliver and we want him to bring breakthrough, but but we've never committed it to him. Because we walk down the aisle and we, we, we stand in the altar and, and we lay it down and we weep and we cry and our hearts are sincere. They're, we're absolutely sincere. But our nature and the nature of the world and our carnality says, if I leave it here, it'll just be left. So we pick it back up. We've got to learn to commit it to him because he is able to keep that which we have committed to him. I want you to stand up on your feet this morning. Jude 1 and 24 says, Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory and exceeding joy. Ephesians 3 and 20 says, Now unto him that is able to do to do good things for me, to do adequately well. <laughs> Listen, he says that he is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above what we could ask or think, according to the power that what works in me, because I have committed it to him. Listen, his... Isaiah tells us that his arm is not shortened, that he cannot save. Isaiah 40 says that he, he doesn't sleep, he doesn't slumber. He gives power to the faint. It doesn't matter if you have no faith. It can be the size of a mustard seed. It doesn't matter if you're weak and you can't even stand. He said, I'll give you power. Testimonies to your victory. 
But you must trust in me. Commit unto me those things the enemy has devised against you. Those things that stand as obstacles before you. Trust in me today. Lean hard upon me. And do not lean upon your own flesh and understanding. Leave it to me, says the Lord, and watch me move. Spirit has given an altar call. If you have something in your hands, in your heart, in your past, something that you need to commit to him, you know what it is. I want you to make your way to this altar and I want you to commit it to the Lord this morning. I want you to give it to him and I don't want you to pick it back up. I want you to leave it in his hands. Let me tell you, leaving it in his hands means we don't talk about it. We don't think about it. We don't, we don't worry about it. We give it to him. Do you have something this morning that you need to commit to the Lord? I pray this morning, right now, that you would be able to do that because he's able. He's able. Would you come this morning? I don't know if you have a prayer team of people that will pray and help pray that will come. Bring that thing to the altar and commit it to him. And don't take it home with you this morning.
Yes, I know him. I know him. Glorify him, Lord. In the prayer. Sing that out this morning. God, God Almighty, Prince of Peace, oh, troubles vanish, hearts stand with me, those who aren't yet standing. Lord, we come to you this morning and we thank you. I pray over every need represented in this house. God, I pray that you would touch everybody that needs a healing, that needs deliverance, that needs you to keep them, God. I pray in the name of the Lord for the power of God, the work of God to go forth. I praise you and I thank you that we can depend on you for healing. I pray for those that need that deliverance. They need, God, you to move mightily in mountains, remove from their lives. I thank you that we can count on you for this. That, Lord, you're willing and you're waiting to move on behalf of your people. As she spoke and the word was so strong. Lord, those things which we have committed unto you. Lord, help us to lay them down. Help us to cast every care on you. Help us not to pick them back up and take them with us. Lord, we don't need conversation pieces anymore. We don't need to carry the burdens around with us anymore. We need to lay them down. We honor you today that you're a God who's able to take it. Lord, you said you'd take it. You'd minister strength to us. And God, you're able to keep that which we have committed unto you against that day. We give you glory and honor for it today. Touch your church. Minister, God, to the kingdom message, the gospel, that it goes forward in great power and strength into every lost heart and soul in this community. Touch us to do your work. And we thank you today for the word that we've heard. We thank you for the ministry that we've felt and we've experienced as we have encountered your presence. In the name of Jesus Christ, we ask it and we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Please shake hands with two or three people around you. Hug a neck somewhere and... 
God bless your day.